0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran New York City jazz guitarist Steve Cardenas. We caught up with Steve on April 17, 2020, during the COVID-19 quarantine to discuss a number of things, like upcoming projects, what he's been doing in Brooklyn during the jazz shutdown, and his beginnings in Kansas City. He talked about playing with heroes and legends like Paul Motian, Charlie Hayden, Steve Swallow, and many others. We also talked about a lot of other things, so please get to know Steve and dig this interview, my friends. How's everything going with you?
1: Good. Just, uh, you know, busy with uh, a lot of online stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a new world for sure. Are
2: you So are you up there in New York now?
1: yeah in brooklyn just hunkering down yeah (laughs) yeah
2: that's what everybody's doing um well and hopefully at this point we've been in this long enough that we're starting to see the other side of things
1: yeah no kidding
2: well hey steve thank you for taking a little bit of time to uh, talk with me on jazz here i really appreciate it sure um let's kind of talk about um your latest album uh, somewhere else, West Side Story Songs. Um, talk to me a little bit about this recording and just kind of maybe what's been going on during quarantine, if you have any new material or anything,
1: how you're approaching this time. Yeah, well, that that record, that I mean, Ted is... It was Ted's idea to do that music, and so he was the leader on that session. Although that trio... Um, really began as an idea of Ben to do the music of Jim Hall, and also some Jimmy Dupree music that Jim Hall was also a part of. So, And the record that preceded Ted's, Ben was the leader on. We were approached by a record label, New Bell, and we recorded that Jim Hall and Jimmy Dupree music. But all along the way, the three of us have just kind of said, you know, it really feels like a, a cooperative trio. Like, whoever's the leader is just more like by default, depending on who got, you know, the little, the record deal um, with whatever project. So, uh, But Ted had this idea to do the West Side Story music originally for our trip in Cuba. And uh, that was January of two thousand and eighteen, back when people used to be together <laughs> um but that was a really amazing and wonderful trip and um uh, I'm losing my train of thought here <laughs> it's all good um, yeah and and after so we we played two performances in Cuba, one in Santiago. Uh, de Cuba and then Havana, and both performances were really wonderful. And the one thing we came away with, which Ted was very excited about, was he, we. sorry if I sound a little fragmented here, but um, okay. uh, Ted thought it would be nice to go to Cuba with it was Lunar Bernstein's hundredth. Uh, in 2018, the 100th anniversary of his birth. So I thought, hey, let's do West Side Story music. And the three of us researched it. And uh, each of us took a few tunes and we we worked on arrangements that we thought would work for a very pared-down trio. And it it sounded really nice. And then Ted was very excited about the idea of recording, especially after the Cuba performances. So... And that's how it all came together, essentially.
2: Cool. Yeah. Well, and and right now we're kind of in this unique time of um, mm-hmm. quarantine, obviously, and everybody's, you know, the music's not happening. So what are you doing? Are you doing, you got anything that you're working on or anything? How are you
1: kind of musically passing time? I recorded a new record in July, actually, that's supposed to come out this July, on Sunnyside and it's all original music um, I kind of I wrote a new batch of tunes last year and I have had it in mind to do a project like this for a while I've, I've never recorded my own music with piano and um, John Coward is the piano player on it and he uh I don't know if you're familiar with him he plays in Brian Blade's Fellowship and yeah He has his own records. And, and, uh, but I just, I play in John's group, the Mercy Project, which Brian also plays in. And, and, um, I just, I just thought, wow, you know, I'd love to do something with John. He's kind of the, wouldn't say the first, but it just really became obvious to me that if I was going to do a record with piano, that John would be perfect for it. And, um, then I also talked to Ben Allison, whose band I've been in for a long time, various bands, and I thought, wow, well, Ben, I bet Ben and John would sound great together. Um, I'll, be th- I'll think about drums, I mean, there's s- certainly wonderful drummers that I've recorded with, and I got to talking to John earlier last year, and and I was starting to book dates for the recording and then John said, Hey, you know, um those July dates you're talking about were playing at the Blue Note with Brian's other groups and he and he said, You got you know, and he goes, I'm just saying, you ought to see if he could stay an extra couple of days and uh and so I did. And he was down for it and I didn't really originally plan on having Brian on the record simply because I know that he Well, there are logistics involved. He lives in Shreveport, and and, uh, his schedule gets crazy. But it worked out great, and of course, uh, John Coward and Brian have a a long history, and Ben and I have a a long history, and then I'd played with John and Brian, so the only um, unknown was... Ben had never played with those guys and but it you would never know it. It sounded amazing and I, I I figured as much going into it.
2: Talk to me a little bit about I'm gonna go back in time here and talk to me mm-hmm. you about your Kansas City roots. You know, you're obviously in New York and you've been there for a while, but mm-hmm. talk to me about the Kansas City years and how much this is this influenced, you know, who you are and you're playing.
1: Oh and I think it influenced very much Glam. I am. I didn't leave Kansas City at an early age. I think, you know, I guess musicians leave at different times in their lives, but a lot of musicians let's say will go to uh, music school and then maybe go to New York in their early 20s or or so. But I, I didn't end up in New York until while I was already into my 30s. So um so, what happened was that I stayed in Kansas City for quite a while into in my 20s, to the greater portion of my 20s, simply because I was playing all the time. And I felt like I was growing and, and playing such a diversity of music. It was an amazing time period. Uh, you know, that was primarily the 80s. And um, like groups that I, I played in Item access. Band for about three years, and then Stan Kessler had a group called the Flat Five that had Paul Smith on piano and Ron Vincent was a drummer that lives here now that was living there in Kansas City at the time. Same with David Brandom, who was the saxophone tenor player, uh, and then uh, who else? Greg Whitfield was playing bass. It was uh, it was such a fun band. We played. You know, known jazz tunes or or lesser known jazz jazz tunes and standards and original tunes. It was a mix, and then there were offshoots from that band: quartets, stand quartet. We would play at this place called the Point, um, that had music. Oh gosh, I guess it was like about five or six nights a week, and then there was Harry Starkers on the Plaza the Sunday night gig, and uh, <laughs> I could go on. Oh, I got to say, though, playing with Claude Williams was a big part of that, too. He, uh, I I had a group with him and Steve Swanson, a guitarist, and Greg Eicher that was uh, just two guitars, bass and violin, but Claude, we had, the three of us had the idea to get with Claude and do something more pared down, mm-hmm quieter than a group with drums and that was an experience in a half pod you know his history and he brought a lot to it needless to say yeah without a doubt yeah you know
2: after all throughout all these years and all of these you know places that you've been to or the crowds that you played in front of what do you like best about being a performer
1: what's the best part of being a musician for you well, I don't know. If, I don't know if I can narrow it down to a best part. There's just a lot of facets that are great. Um, the, the ability to be able to play music for um, audience, appreciative audiences, and um, and make a living as a musician. You know, to me, I'm always for every, every day grateful for that. And You know, traveling has been a really amazing part of it. It's not, I think some people get the impression that, you know, oh, you've got a Europe tour, you must stop and go see, you know. It's like, well, you know, we're going to be there for less than 24 hours. (laughs) We'll be lucky if we get to see anything. But nevertheless, there are those times where you do have a day off or you have two nights in the same place and you actually do get to do some kind of, you know, turbo tourism where you're you know just trying to see as much as you can in a short amount of time but uh, but that adds a lot to it just getting to meet so many different people and musicians from all over the world and and also I've been lucky to play with some of my heroes over the years Paul Motion's band and Charlie Hayden Liberation Music Orchestra, Steve Deep Swallow is his quintet, and Carla Blaze, part of two of those groups, and um, Joey Barron's band. I mean, I'm currently in Adam Nussbaum's Lead Belly Project, and still in with Ben Allison and John Coward's group, and so I, I, I'm a lucky boy. <laughs>
2: mm, absolutely. What was? Do you remember what the first live jazz show you ever saw that made you think, "Man,
1: this is what I want to do with my life"? Well, I don't know if it was like that kind of uh, you know moment of enlightenment, just bam. However, I will say that um, as I w- I was playing guitar going into high school, and I was in the this at Shawnee Mission South, the school. Jazz band. And they had a really great band director there, Jim Cochrane. And so I was, I was getting supposed to big band jazz and everything. But I had gone to a guitar workshop at Quigley Music that Jerry Hahn was giving. I think I went to a couple of those and it was, it was, you know, kind of over my head at the time, but I was intrigued. And you know, so, so the wheels were turning at that point. And then my last year of high school, I really kind of dove in. I really got interested, but in, maybe a little more in electric jazz, like Weather Report and Chick Corea and things like that. But that led me to bebop. And I remember going over to my friend Dave Simon's house. his father Bob Bob, who's a really... Piano player was having a jam session in his house, and Danny Embry was there. That was the first time I met Danny and heard him, and that blew me away. <laughs> I, that, I think that could have been a, that was a significant moment. and Like I was, wow! I want to, I want to be able to play like that, and, and I'm still chasing after. Me. <laughs> <laughs> right, on. Danny and Ross Fleeman are, are my mentors from those the early days. And still, that still, still be my favorites, yeah, so you know, in this
2: new world that we're living in of of no jazz happening, you know we're gonna get to the point where we're gonna get back to it. What do you hope both musician and audience member gets from this experience? Maybe a revelation when we all do return to a live environment
1: uh, I think I mean it's it's everything is just kind of like you know. Uh, projection of what you might think. But most of us, to me, I think it's very possible that people could come back to it with a deepened sense of just how special all that stuff is. You know, cause when I start thinking about like every day people are just flying everywhere and doing things and so much is happening and so many records coming out and you your general feeling is like, I barely have enough time to do what I need to do, let alone check everything else out. And you know. We've had to stop. We've had, had, I mean, not everything stops. We still are trying to just keep above the water with it all. But, um, I think, you know, when we come back, it might be like, wow, this, thing that we knew was amazing anyway is really amazing <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it feels so great to be back together and i don't know maybe the hope i'm hoping there will just be a deeper appreciation and a deeper sense of caring about at least the arts and each other
2: <laughs> absolutely
1: mm-hmm. so like
2: I got one more question for you and it's this everyone has their perception of you, your family, your friends, your
1: fans, that you're living your life.
2: Who do you think you are?
1: Oh gosh. I mean I don't think I don't think if, if I think of myself as this is trying to do the best I can offer something. I would always hope that the music on the is- Something that people want to hear, enjoying, or makes them feel better about where they are in that moment. That sort of thing. I um, I don't really identify myself with Steve Cardenas, the amazing guitar, because <laughs> I never—I <laughs> really think of myself really more as a band player. Anyway, I'm not, I never thought. Maybe that's why i done a lot as a leader. I, ne- I never necessarily have the urge or desire to be the star soul. for me plug the music and having this the tune of the song be kind of the focal point is always the most important thing for me even if it happens to be a music that features me or anyone else i know for me i gotta enjoy this bit that tune that's being played i don't really how
2: well somebody's yeah. skate Steve thank you for taking a little bit of time out it. it's obviously an extraordinary time on the planet for everyone going through this and um, thank you for all the music stay safe and again oh, yeah. I appreciate
1: oh Joe thanks I, I hope uh, any or any of that makes sense. I go <laughs> Yeah, makes tangent sometimes <laughs> no dude it's totally all based
0: thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in New York City Kansas City and spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz and thanks to Steve for taking some time out and for all that music if you want to hear more interviews go to famous interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes store visit Neon Jazz at youtube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com until next time enjoy the jazz my friends
2: Neon Jazz.